Hello, everybody, and welcome back to How Do You Hustle with Cami Dimitrova, a podcast where I interview comedians about their day jobs and other things, too, if you can believe. Um, yes, so this episode was, I mean, I don't know, well, maybe one of my favorites. It was just, I really needed to hear this story, and I'm so excited for you all to hear it, too. Um, this person is awesome. He is a comedian, actor, and writer um, in New York. He uh, was recently a writer on All That. He also is selling scripts left and right. He also sold a mountain that he inherited from his father recently. Um, we talk about that and talk about his journey uh, in New York as a comic, but also talk about... Um, the later half of the episode, we touch on his SNL story, which is truly mind-blowing. Um, basically, long story short, I don't want to ruin it for you, but he, ever since he was 13, wanted to be on SNL, hashtag us too, and he basically, like, got, um, he was doing stand-up when, at an early age and was just, like, seeing success and then plugged into UCB really early on and uh, in New York and then um, got an opportunity to audition for Just for Laughs, um, the the comedy festival that feeds into SNL often. And in his first try, got it, got the festival, went to Montreal, performed, crushed. And then two weeks later, got a call that he was to audition for SNL, do the screen test at 30 Rock. Holy moly, have goosebumps even talking about that. And talks about, literally walks you through the journey, which is just like, I it's amazing. And he talks about his, you know, how he feel, how he felt during that time and, you know, walking into the, the building and that whole process. So it, it's really, it was a really cool interview. And he also, um, so he ultimately doesn't get it and what I find really awesome about that story is a couple things I think it was really cool to hear someone go through uh go through something that they wanted so badly ultimately didn't get it and was able to talk about the recovery process from that I think it's just so valuable especially um you know personally I feel like I just went through a big rejection not as big as this but I auditioned for JFL and the callback round and ultimately didn't get it and felt really shitty about it. Um, you know, it was like crying over watermelon <laughs> like the other day or whatever. And it's just, you're just like, what am I doing? Like, is this even like, what am I good? Is this bad? Am I just like, is this shitty? Am I shitty? Like, does, is this God, you just feel so weird. Um, and I think it was so cool to hear him talk about it. Like literally, you know, getting a screen test. Everyone just was encouraging him along the way. Everyone's like, yes, this is like, you got this basically. And ultimately not getting it. And then, you know, having to having to recover from that for a couple years. At least, you know, that's the way he described it. To fully like feel he can be back, um, you know, back to himself and just, you know, back at it and keep you know trudging along and I think that's that's just so cool to hear that yeah it's like it's okay to to grieve something a little bit and then and then plug in you know you don't have to just be like okay shake it off you know let me just tweet something really funny today (laughs) and like after you just like got a rejection it's like okay um but yeah so I guess I just needed to hear that personally but um I can't wait for you all too as well so without further ado John Trowbridge 
Hello. Hi, John. What's up, Kami? What's up? Oh, you know, it's 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 uh, storming here in New York, but you're not in New York. I'm not in New York. I'm in I'm in Kentucky. Yeah. Mitch McConnell country. <laughs> okay. Real Americans, not like you <laughs> lizard coastal elites, but I'm in Kentucky and it looks like the skies are getting a little stormy as well. Wow. And like we're going to get a it seems like we're going to get a nice big tornado here in the in a second, but but we, so this might be the last thing ever that I do. This might be my last will and testament. This might be the- pod. And I chose your pod to be my last will and testament. Well, it is so. an honor and it is also I'm I'm scared for you <laughs> because you hey, may man. die. <laughs> uh, but I we appreciate you. Yeah, we all yeah. gotta go somehow. Might as well. Tornado would be an epic death, though. If we had to right. pick one, I would pick tornado, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The Florida- a slow cancer, some sort of pancreatic cancer thing. <laughs> Bullshit that everybody else dies of. Yeah, I'd rather get thrown into outer space. Yeah, I want to get sucked into yeah, a vortex of winds and leaves and yeah, yeah. into the sky. That's mm-hmm. my preference, but um, uh, so making it in the job or what? Um yeah. yeah. Well, cool. Well, thanks so much for doing this. You know, I ask everybody this to start um, just because it's a podcast about day jobs and then it, you know, divulges into like your life. But, um, right. you know, what is your day job? Um, so now I don't now I don't have one. I I do like um, I just sold um, a couple episodes of a scripted podcast to, nice. to Earwolf called um, Elon Musk Galaxy Defender. So I, um, so they bought three. Uh-huh. So I'm gonna find out what the budget for it is soon. So that I will get money from that soon. Very I cool. Do, I also do like freelance. I'll do like um, I'll write little social media ads for this uh, kids' toy company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then recently. Um, in the last month, I sold a uh, um, a giant plot of land that I inherited from my father. My father, John Trowbridge Sr. I'm John Trowbridge Jr. Uh, uh, my father passed away many years ago, and he left me a mountain. He left me a, a real mountain. Are you um, serious? In upstate, in upstate New York, yes. He left me a mountain, and it's 95 acres of a mountain in a town called Davenport, New York. Uh-huh. And and so I've been looking I've been like while doing comedy and trying to get famous as best I can. In the background I've also been trying to sell this giant plot of land because I can I don't have enough money to build anything on it. So I'm kind of just sitting on this mountain and so me and my sisters each have tried to sell the mountain and then I finally took control of my sister Rose tried and then my sister Reva tried and then now I decide. I was like, okay, let me try. And now I finally, finally found a buyer uh, last month. So, um, so now I'll get some money from that for a long what? time okay. until, until the next job, whatever that is. Who is buying this mountain? Um, just some guy. I, I really so, sometimes I'll get um, information on who is trying to buy the mountain, like the um, the person who almost bought the mountain before this person were two retired Long Island homicide detectives. 
wow. that wanted that wanted a secluded spot in upstate New York to hunt together. They okay. both wanted to build a cabin together so that they could hunt together. Fair enough. Uh, but then their wives talked them out of it. So then so then they didn't do it. Um, they were like, it was like, it was like all set up. The, my, my real, the real estate agent was like, these guys are coming in hot and fast. They're, they're very interested. They're just going to go talk it over with their wives and they'll be back with me tomorrow. And the oh. next day it's like, ah, sorry, no, they didn't want to do it. And I'm like, great. And then, <laughs> um, and then there was a guy before that, um, who was like a VP of some sort of company that reached out to us directly and was like, apparently he owns another mountain in the area and he wanted to own more mountains. Oh my um, God. But again, he talked to his wife and his wife talked him out of it. What the heck? Like, I'm like, get these wives out of here. Get these old ball and chains out of here by the mountain. Get out of here. I'm trying to make them cash. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let these men have their midlife crises. And the love of God. You have your house, right? <laughs> you have your house. You can go on vacations whatever you want, right? let him have a mountain jesus <laughs> fucking christ yeah you're allowed to go to the grocery store and be responsible let this have a mountain. <laughs> let the guys shoot deer <laughs> together on a mountain together instead of being with you jesus so christ great time with you and your kids come on yeah, oh. so, anyway so sometimes i'll sometimes i'll find out tidbits about that but um but i haven't found any or like I'll get some information on what they want to do with the mountain or something like that. But I have no clue what this guy <laughs> wants to do with the mountain. I have no clue his background. Okay. All, all I know is that he um, had a certain amount of money and he wanted to act fast. To so buy I was like, it. Great. Sounds like he's single. Doesn't have a wife to consult. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. So tidbit for um, a little <laughs> hustle tip for your listeners. If you're looking to sell mountains get to the singles bar don't yeah. talk to married people don't talk to married people singles are yeah where it's at they'll take yeah. risks um very then, cool like and then like before before i got all of this stuff my um my last job or my last like bigger comedy job was writing for the reboot of all that and so you after that because it was on um cable, basic cable um you get you get residuals off that like oh, once, very every, cool. once every four months, you get like a big check for like a couple thousand dollars for that. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. So since then you've transitioned and started doing like, it sounds like you have a few gigs lined up that you're doing. I have a few income sources. Yes. Right. Yes. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. Which I think is important for people to like hear and know that that's a thing instead of mm -hmm. thinking that like one job will be the cash cow. It's like people. Yeah balance a few things well very cool um and before that i mean we really want to get into your your snl audition story um but i'll let you you know i'll let you share what you want to share about that but we essentially talked before this and you shared this really cool story mm -hmm. um and i think it's awesome that you want to reshare it so um if you want to go back a little bit and talk about your you know maybe a little bit about how you got started um and sure. yeah like what prompted you to sort of like I don't know if you're from New York originally or if you moved here with like the dream to pursue comedy and like what that was like for you. Yeah, I so I grew up in upstate New York. I grew up in Schenectady, New York, which is right outside Albany. Mm -hmm. um, it's an hour away. Jimmy Fallon grew up in Socrates, New York, which is about an hour away from Schenectady, New York, which is where I grew up in. Um, and so I would... Um, so pretty much the dream, the dream was always um, SNL. 
It always, mm-hmm. that's, that's what it was the be all end all. Like I imagine most of the people that listen to the pod and most people that get into comedy, it's, it's just like, that's what it is. So I, yeah. um, at around like 13 or 14, um, I started like doing, um, stand up around Albany and, um, and, and at, at my school mm-hmm. and stand up so, at your school. Yeah, they would do like um, I would do it at the talent shows, and then I'd do them at um, the first time. The first time I ever did stand up was um, at this thing called Java Jive at my high school, and it was the um, it was like the annual poetry reading where all the kids would write all like this you know goth kids and all the depressed kids would write like absolutely unlistenable poetry. Absolutely unfucking watchable performances from these goth kids that are just going on and on and on about how their parents ruin their lives and how like the world sucks and so and all and all their parents have to come and listen to why they're such fucking pieces of shit and so and so I I thought it would be good and so I and so I auditioned with a stand up set and and you had to audition for the show oh okay this audition absolutely insane to me because <laughs> yeah. literally these kids are just going on stage and saying like you know depression why mother why father you uh <laughs> you know c- banished me to a life of regret and it's like you're 14 <laughs> you're 13 you're 14 and i know that they're doing fine you know yeah it's like um, it ain't that bad maybe it ain't that bad um yeah. but um, so then I auditioned, I auditioned for it with, I forgot what I had auditioned it with. I think I had like ripped, I had like done, I had like practiced like a comedy song from like a, like Stephen Lynch or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they didn't, they first, they didn't love it. And they were like, and they were like, do you have any personal standup that you have? And I was like, um, yeah, I could try some. And so I re-auditioned with like an original set and they were like that's great and then they put me last in the show whoa and like, closer and then so i had so they so the parents sat through all of you know uh non-stop depression and then i came up last and seemingly made fun of the entire night by doing a comedy set <laughs> Did you so just roast I, I didn't i didn't mean to like make fun of everything that had gone on up until that point but just the fact that it was a comedy set at at the end was like this thing is fucking bullshit isn't this hilarious you know (laughs) and so I did it everyone loved it and I got a standing ovation at the end of it couldn't believe it couldn't believe it oh my god do you remember what you like talked about or like um I I talked about um I talked about kids with rolling book bags (laughs) rolling rolling book bags had just become a craze yes I was one of them I was one of them and so I would do impressions of them like coming up to stairs and figuring out how to like uh, <laughs> click their uh, rolling book bags back into their things so that they could carry it up the stairs. May- I made fun of them. I made fun of like um, how um, I would walk through the walls and I would see people making out, but it wasn't, but the, but I was aware that these were our like, um, practice kisses that like we're all still figuring out how to kiss we're not nobody knows how to kiss but i have to watch all of your sons and daughters learn how to kiss every single day and so i would do like i did a couple jokes about that and then i do like impressions of like people kissing um and then 
I talked, so I talked about like high school things. Um, That's awesome. And then, and then I did, um, and then I did, I still um, did a um, song earlier in the night. I did a, me and my buddy Pat did a, a Tenacious D cover song. Yep. Um, and then I ended my set with a Jimmy Fallon, a song from Jimmy Fallon's CD, The Bathroom Wall. That's um, awesome. That's awesome. I now, I now am not the biggest Jimmy Fallon fan, but back then I was like, is he had, he had, he had grown up in upstate. So I was, I was like, you know, if he could do it, I could do it. Yes. Um, yes. But, yeah, but that, but that ended up going well. And then, um, and then, so from then the like high school would ask me to host like the talent show. And um, I did like drama club and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, I ended mm-hmm. up being, uh, president of drama club and I got to direct our last thing was like classic tv moments so I got to like direct um original SNL sketches um <gasps> and like be in a few I got to be like land shark and I got to do like one or two other things oh my um, gosh we would we yeah. rewrote some too we would like rewrite them and do them at like a theater of the night thing um that was so fun I, I mean your sounds way more legit but we were like we redid SNL sketches too so fun so cool yeah yeah and then and then i would do stand up around my hometown and i was in like a big um competition in like albany and um which was cool and then um yeah and then when i was 18 i had like applied to um go to a bunch of acting colleges in boston i had, I had applied to like emerson and bu Mm-hmm. And I had applied to, I think, one other like acting school, and then I auditioned for all of them. Didn't get into any of them. I, yep. I was, I got, I got waitlisted at, at at Emerson, and then ultimately didn't get in. And then oh. so I just, but I had like applied to go to St. John's in Queens, mm-hmm. kind of offhandedly. It was like a pretty cheap application, and and I was just like filling out applications and I was like yeah sure I guess I'll do this and then I got into St. John's and so since I hadn't really got into any other school besides St. John's or St. Rose which is in Albany I was like well I'll just move to New York City and just start doing it so so I moved to the city at 18 and um and started doing it but then once I had gone to St. John's I almost immediately got into UCB and started taking classes and getting sucked into that world so by the time cool. I was out of college, I had, I had like done all the classes and I was on teams and stuff like that. Wow. Um, yeah. Okay. Were you studying I, theater at St. John's? No, I was studying um, TV and film. They okay. had like acting classes, but it was like absolutely nothing. It was, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was just, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people who listen to the pod know, like you take acting classes and you're just listening some to some fucking at a work actor go on and on about his acting days or like you know giving yeah. you bad advice on you know how to do things or whatever yeah. um so that's 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 pretty much what it was okay okay um, what yeah. um just because i'm so curious about people that like take are um did you have any like second thoughts about pursuing this it sounds like you were pretty like committed to doing it and we're just like kind of fearless about it were, were you ever like just in your earlier years were you ever like oh should I like try to do something else or like were you ever thinking that way or were you just like fuck it I'm gonna try this no no it was always um I hadn't got, I hadn't like gotten many 
Um, well, I don't know. I've, I no. The answer is no. I was always I was always like super gung ho about it, mm-hmm. and um, um, and there wasn't much. There wasn't like much resistance to tell you the truth. Like, so it, it wasn't even like. I mean, there was like a big. There was like a large chunk in terms of like in terms of life proof that I should be doing this thing. I feel like a lot of comedians are like, well, that that insanely good thing happened to me two years ago. And you can ride that for like, you know, yeah. four, five, four, five, six years. Something like that. Um, in terms of moments like that, I had gotten I feel like my high school, there was a bunch of moments like that. And then once I got to school or once I got to New York, um there wasn't really any sort of proof that i was funny or you know should 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 continue doing it i think maybe for like five six years something like that yeah um yeah. It, it really wasn't a f- there really wasn't any like proof moments until i like randomly got asked to um be the lead in this college humor video uh, called the Ballad of John and Four Loco, and it was a spoof on the Ballad of John and Yoko song from a gajillion years ago. And Four Loco had just come in. You know, kids kids were dying of Four Loco. They were, and, yeah. Um, kids were drinking <laughs> before they before they changed up the formula to not have toxic chemicals in like it, like poison in it. Yeah. <laughs> the kids in college were dying of drinking too much Four Loco, so. I so so they asked and I guess I looked like you know John Lennon I guess so um <laughs> in a wig and so somebody at I college humor, yeah so I guess somebody at college humor either saw me at um UCB or um you know um you know whatever the hell it was so then they asked me to do it and then um because up until that point my parents my dad never really cared but my mom um was sort of like yeah 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 like go ahead you know do whatever you want to do but she never really thought that it was real she was like like, oh but he'll go to like he'll go to school and get a degree and he'll become like a video editor or something like that like she was always like I did learn how to do video editing which did actually um keep me having money you know in the background for many years after that which is as it does as it does which is a great skill to pick up yes shout out to video editing great lucrative uh side hustle but mm-hmm. um so she always she always felt like it'd be like oh you'd age out of it and then once she saw that college humor video she was like john this is it we're doing oh. it we're, it's real it's real john you know just because it was a finished video with shot on real cameras you know oh uh, that's like so sweet how did, what, did you feel good about that when she said that i feel good about it but it was but just in my um i think it's a personal uh, my personal family dynamic is that I don't, um, I don't really particularly care one way or another <laughs> if, if my if my family believes or you know. Um, so I was like, so it was more like, um, yeah, I know this is what this, this is what we're doing. This is what we've always been doing. You're like, yeah, so, great, glad to have you on board because I'm going 90 board. miles an hour in this direction. It's never going to quit. Always going to be doing it. Um, wow. Uh, and I that also and wow. And I also sense that like and it wasn't like I don't know maybe maybe I have a bad uh, or like a cynical view on it, but I was like, 
my mom wasn't very wasn't like captivated by the comedy she didn't even understand the video she didn't know what was happening in the video she understands that she liked the beatles when she was young (laughs) and she and she appreciates that like it kind of sounds like the song but she doesn't know what four loco is she doesn't know what i'm (laughs) doing in the video or why it's just a high quality shot video that i am in that looks like a movie or a tv show and so now that she's seen it, she's like, oh, I could, you could be in a, that's what it is. Oh, well then, yeah, you could do it. This is, yeah, this is like a shorter version of funny. the movies. Yeah. <laughs> not that she thinks I'm funny. It's not that she <laughs> thinks I'm a good writer. It's that she saw me in a thing that looks like a TV show. And so now she <laughs> thinks that I maybe could be in a TV show. Um, that's like really sweet though. So, but they, but she, she wasn't, she wasn't involved like in the arts in any way. Or like, was your, was your family at all like artists or in that world at all? No, not really. My um, my dad was a um, um, my dad was a retired Vietnam veteran. Wow! And my mother ran a costume store in upstate New York called 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 the Costumer, and so that's like um, artsy. Yes, like um, costumes for theater. Yeah, she would do um, all the local high school plays. She wow. would she would ship the costumes to them, and then if they didn't have a particular costume, my mom would make the costume. Wow! Um, so she and then she would also ship, co- make and ship costumes like around the world. She shipped a couple costumes to SNL one time. No uh, way! Yeah, she shipped like a Beetlejuice costume to SNL one time, and it was Seriously? like a big. It was like a big thing in my family, and um, that's but it was so cool. cool. When we when me and my sisters. Um, we're really young. I have two older sisters. Uh, we would, um, when she first got the job, cause she, she worked at like the main costume headquarters that had this, you'd come in and you'd have, you'd see the store. And then, um, they had a giant vault of like Broadway co- quality costumes Wow. connected to the store. And so me and my sisters, when we were really young, we would play hide and go seek in the, in the vault <laughs> and we would, and we would hide in like, you know, um, a Nutcracker costume, or we'd hide <laughs> in like you know any sort of Broadway costume you can think of. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so it was really cool. And That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was really fun. Come Halloween time, I'd always get like a, a custom Spider-Man costume fit to my body. You know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, you guys crushed Halloween, was, probably. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That fits so, so well. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, that's what they did. But she, but in terms of, in terms of like artistic merit, I think my, my mom really is a, a type of, she can talk to anybody. She's very mm. conversational. And my dad is more of like a sugar and jiver joke man. Okay. So my dad, my dad, my dad was funnier and my mom was, um, my dad, my dad was funnier, but you'd get tired of him. <laughs> you'd want him to go away. And my mom was less funny, but you could hang out with her for all night. Yeah. yeah. Easy going kind of yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And are your siblings also in, it, involved in the arts at all or no? No, my sister Reva is a teacher and my other sister does daycare. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And it, but it sounds like they're all rooting for you. They're all what? Rooting for you. Yeah, no, my, but it's also, I but don't you're know. You're like, I don't care. 
Yeah. I don't care. I mean, yeah, if, if, I mean, I would, I would care. I would care if I was a better person, I would care, but <laughs> I, I, just, I don't know how you feel about it with your family, but I, 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 I appreciate that they, and they do think I'm, they do think I'm very funny. They do like all my videos. They, you know, they think it's great. They, um, but they just don't know anything about the business. Yeah, I mean, right. I <laughs> mean, they don't right. know why they're laughing at it. They were like, oh, your third beat's a little, oh, yes, we're going I, crazy. I, I would like that. <laughs> I would like that. I like, I, I love brutal notes about my thing because um, I'm better at it. But, um, but yeah. No, I know. Yeah, yeah. No, that's interesting. I think it's like there's, there's, uh, there's, that relationship is so over all over the spectrum. Some people are like, yeah, whatever. Like, I don't care. Or some people are like, I need their approval. So it's just interesting to know what drives, you know, um, what drives us to do this cuckoo bananas job or life. Um, but very cool. Okay. So after, so you moved to New York, you plugged into UCB, um, and you said you started, you got on teams pretty quickly from there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, not, I wouldn't say quickly, it still took like five, five, six years, but I guess I'd say it happened fast because I feel like at the time, or maybe just on average, I feel like people do start doing, started doing UCB, um, like one or two years out of college, something like that. So then maybe by the time they're 30, they're like on like a weekend team or, or like an established house team or something like that, or they have like a show running or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I feel like a couple, a couple years out of college, I think I had gotten on Lloyd and nice. then, um, and then was cut from Lloyd and moved to Maud, nice. um, which is, which was just so much better. And um, I think set the groundwork for the rest of my um career and thinking of comedy like i think yeah. i think that i like really which is which is actually kind of nuts like when i when i first came to new york i started doing like stand-up around places mm-hmm. and and i um was doing like new talent showcases like for stand-up wow. because I would, bring, I would bring all my college friends from st john's and they'd come in and then i would bring the biggest crowd so they would give me a good spot and my college friends would come like, you know, a few times. So they like, and I was getting laughs, but I think they were like, this guy has a crowd. So they started putting me in, you know, new talent showcases. And it's so funny to me that I was like, I, you know what I should do? I should stop doing those <laughs> big showcases and I should instead drain money into these improv classes so that I can make zero dollars and try to impress people who are also making zero dollars you know <laughs> yeah um, that's what i that's what i should do um oh. i should i should like join a mind cult to try yeah. to learn how to do improv comedy that's what i should do um yeah. but it but it really sucks you in because i think it's because it, it really it really makes it seem like you um i, I think i think with stand-up everybody knows that like the jokes are written and with sketch and like other sort of like prepared stuff, there isn't really a magic trick to right. it. It's it's because it's prepared and it's rehearsed and you can, you know, whatever, like whatever it is. And there, I think what grabs so many people about improv is that like, it's a, it's a, a thing inside you that you are doing in the moment and that you have the superpower 
mm-hmm. that no one can figure out and it's so hard and um you know so it was like i i always com- compare in my mind i would always compare it to like sports and yeah. i would be like you know i you know i'm a big basketball guy so i'd be like you know it's 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 exactly like being on an nba team like you know the rules but um uh but you can still be the best you know improv athlete you know yeah. of all time you can still do it so yeah which is bad you shouldn't do that but uh, <laughs> but i always I, I was always not really that great at, at improv i would i would learn i would always write on the back line i would i would always be in my head like mm. and then i would get i'd get really mad if i like set up a per- what i thought was a perfect scene and the other person didn't do what i wanted them to me do too. me too me too me too me too and i'm just like yeah. why don't you just do the easy fucking thing that i set up <laughs> yeah we, yeah we can be having a good time getting laughs but you don't do it um <laughs> yeah, never so, back to that person again yeah, yeah you get mad at them and it's you know um yeah I take so, it so personally yeah yeah and especially when you feel like you've done everything for them and they're not you know grateful <laughs> for what you did I gave you um, this premise. Yeah. So uh, Nate, so Nate Dern was the AD at the time and he rightfully okay. uh, put me in, made me a writer, which is what I was doing anyways. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. And then I did, uh, I was on two mod teams and then I left mod to do um, sketches for the Huffington Post. Nice. I, I, had, I had gotten hired full time to like me and, um, Paul Gale, who uh, made a, made a bunch of videos, um, they hired the two of us to be like their comedy um, authority people for That's a while, which was awesome. Nice. That's great. Um, which was pretty funny because they like um, I came on originally just to like write funny articles because at the time funny articles were like there were like a bunch of Onion competitors. Like yeah. uh, I think. Um, there were a few like little upstart ones, but I think the bigger ones were like above average was doing funny articles. And um, there was one other like McSweeney's like yeah. people started to like sell things to McSweeney's. And then, um, and then, so I, I just, what was so funny when I, my, my interview for HuffPost, I didn't even really, there was not a job that I was, that I was interviewing for. I, <laughs> Paul, I I had known Paul from like, you know, just like being around and he recommended me as like to his bosses as like, oh, hey, you know, John's a funny guy. He's a writer for at UCB. Maybe maybe there would be something for him to do around here. And then so <laughs> I, I, I like so then the boss was like, hey, um, it emailed me and was like, do you want to come in for an interview? And I'm like, I don't know what I don't know what it is for. So but I but I had like come with some article pitches because I thought the job would be the above average stuff. Um, and so I came in with some stupid fucking like Trump, you know, uh, <laughs> is bald, uh, you know, articles like very not good. Um, and I had, um, and I sat down with the HuffPost person and, and he was like, so what do you want to do? And I'm like, Oh, you know, articles. And he's like, but what do you really want to do? What do you like? And I'm like, Oh, well videos. And he was like, okay, well, um, Ariana Huffington's, uh ending her meeting right now would you like to meet ariana what? and i'm like i'm like, yeah. I'm like <laughs> and in the moment i'm like yeah sounds great man yeah and so he introduces me to ariana huffington for 15 seconds for 15 seconds between her two meetings with 
some fucking diplomat and some other fucking important person or whatever. Right. And Ariana, Ariana comes out of her office and is like, so you're, so you're John, you're the man who's going to make me laugh. Yes. And, what? and, and I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. And so I just start talking to her and I'm like trying to put on whatever charm I have in the moment, you know? Oh. And I start like, yes, uh, yes, I want to do this. I don't even know where the words came from. I don't know where the words came from, but I was like, Ariana, it's so great to meet you. I, yeah, I want to be a comedy guy. I want to like other places are being like the onion. I think we can be like the onion and I want to be in videos. And I started pitching her like Trump things off the top of my head. Oh my and she, God. And she generally just kind of, she didn't laugh at any of them, but she just like liked my vibe, I guess. Yeah. And she said, well, this is great. We must hire you full time then. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> and then she turned around and went back into her office. And so her team of people around her then were forced to give me a job. I don't even know. I mean, nobody wanted, nobody wanted it. But because Ariana had said it, they're like, all right, let's get this guy at the desk, I guess. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah, Steve, do you um, mind? Do you mind moving? Maybe this guy needs a desk. Just yeah, That's we can so get something, funny. right? Yeah. Uh, and so, and so they, the guy was like, "All right, come in next week, and um, we'll try to figure something out." And so you're I like, came "For in, what?" I'm like, <laughs> I, still... "I have no idea what to do." I walked That's in. Crazy. I walked in the next week and brought my own laptop, and, um. And so I wanted to, um, I guess, write con like newsworthy content or whatever. And yeah. the biggest thing going on, like, was Game of Thrones was like, you know, happening more and more and more. And so I just started, I turned on my laptop, I started watching Game of Thrones to like get <laughs> material. Yeah. And then one of my bosses was like, so, so you show up and you're just going to watch Game of Thrones here? <laughs> like, you should be worried. You should be I'm, like, I'm like, I'm trying to come up with things. This is, I'm, it's for research. But um, so anyway, so at that job, um, but then once the job became more serious and I had to, Paul and I, Paul and I started making videos together and they were, they started to get good views. So it became more serious. And oh, nice. so then I had to um, stop doing uh, mod. Them. oh okay you but, had to jump right right yeah. wow once that became a job, yeah 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 um that's cool yeah. that's um and, and then what had happened and then um i started doing uh sketch like a lot of video stuff at HuffPost, and those st things started doing good and then i um and i was still I don't know. I still had like one toe in UCB. I did, um, I would do Night Late, which is a uh, show that Eric Cunningham uh, came up with, where it's mm -hmm. pretty much just a, a late night show for a new host every month. Mm -hmm. And so that was really fun because that got me like, um, you know, like uh, Brooke Shields did a show once. Oh. So we had to like write it. We had to write like a, a talk show for Brooke Shields. Cool. And then. Um, Countess Luann from Real Housewives came in, so we had to write her a show. Oh my and God. so it was it was really fun to um, learn how to write for, you know, a star, which is yeah. what, you know, SNL, I, I imagine if, if you get the job writing for SNL, then you um, have to get really good at that on the fly. And it was actually really like, like HuffPost really like shaped so much of um, my process yeah, like 
I think I need, thanks to HuffPost, because there were so many things um, that needed to happen within the next hour at, yeah. at HuffPost that it really got me in a mode of like, now when I try, when I have the time and the space and the, you know, uh, what, like over quarantine or whatever to like write something great, I'm like, no. can't get anything to go. But, no. if, but if someone puts a gun to my head and is like, this needs to happen in the next half hour, I'm like, okay, fantastic. Yes, um, time kills was, creativity for sure, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like, like there would be this one time, Andre Iguodala, the basketball player came in one time and we were um, he was in town because he had just played like the Knicks or something like that. And he Ariana was doing this thing about sleep, her big thing. She had yeah. just sold a book, about, a book about sleep. Yeah, I remember and that. So Andre Iguodala was also about sleep. He also like owes so much of at the time he he owed so much of his career to sleep or something right like that. yeah because like she, she like that. fell right or something that was like she fell and was like she, oh like, I, I need to sleep funny man tell me right i need to <laughs> yeah make videos about make sleep videos how fun about... sleep is. <laughs> doesn't sleep make you laugh john <laughs> yeah isn't it hilarious, isn't how it hilarious? Sleep? <laughs> isn't it so funny when you don't sleep you say weird things make a video <laughs> make a video about that uh, <laughs> make a video about that and so we were in a we were in a big meeting with andre iguodala and um andre uh, ariana huffington was like andre how how long are you in um new york and she he, she, she was like we'd love to do a comedy video with you and she looks over at me and paul and is like right right and and me and paul are like of course yeah of yes course. Yeah. would love that of course it'd be hilarious <laughs> just the idea <laughs> of doing a comedy video with Andre Goodell. and and she w- and Andre was like well you know our flight is in um um like an hour or like two hours something like that he's like we have like a half hour right now um if they're if you want to shoot something like right now and Ariana was like well yes of course we'd love to shoot something right now boys we have something for Andre Iguodala right and so Paul and I were like Yes. Yes. And we, yes. And we, and we were like, we we're like, let me, uh, we have something ready. Let's just, um, if we could just go <laughs> to our computers at our desks and get it, um, we will have that to you just, just, just a second. And so we left the room and bolted to our desks and, and we're sitting here like, what the fuck can we shoot with Andre Iguodala for, for a half hour? What can he say into a camera? That's funny. Oh, and we just God. wrote like, like just, somebody she she got somebody to um arrange the flash studio downstairs and do the like the lighting really quickly and we fed him lines funny things to say into a camera um and then he said those things and then we never and then they were never used they were (laughs) it was just it was just so that the huffington post could could maintain their relationship with andrea guadala in the moment it was just to show that like you know that we're not that like we're all professionals and stuff like that. Like it was never meant to do, to be anything. You know? Oh my, it's um, just to prove that they have material for him at any time. At any time. <laughs> just, at any time they want to do a project, we can do this. We're at doing any that time. project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh my God, that's wild. There were so many things like that. There's so many like, yeah, like, um, yeah, so many, so many weird projects that needed to happen like within a moment's notice. I would be like, Ugh. we'd be like working on a video and ariana would be doing colbert and um somebody from her a-team would walk over to us 
and be like, John Paul, Ariana wants you to come with her to Colbert with us. Um, just to have, she needs for the interview, she she needs a couple more jokes for the interview for like filler. Whoa. And, and so we'd be like, yeah, okay, okay. And so sometimes, sometimes we would pitch jokes for her to do in the interview. And then sometimes we'd go with her to, um, to like different things and like just sit backstage and like watch the interview. Sometimes we wouldn't even re- tell her any jokes. We wouldn't add anything <laughs> to the interview, but it was just like to have the comedy people around. In like get the, them over here. That is so crazy. In case I need to say something funny, I need to make yeah. sure that, that it is funny. <laughs> yeah, the funny um, boys around me, just in case. That is so wild. Yeah. That that description of your job is shocking. I thought you were going to be like, oh, we worked on the digital team and like put out whatever. But you were like Ariana Huffington's right hand people. Just yeah. like her writers, her like go to people. That's like wild. That must have been so. How old were you at the time doing this? Um, I think I was like 24, 25. Okay, so you're like young, like writing jokes for like celebrity. I mean, that's like wild. That must have felt like so cool. Yeah, but it is like, it is, uh, I think it's maybe from their point of view, I think it is the perfect age to make people do that. Because anybody, any any 30 year old or anybody (laughs) with the wherewithal to understand how much one should be paid for their skills um would i think they would be like no my job description is writing scripts for digital content and like my hours are this to this right if you want me to be an all-purpose comedy authority and do all these things like you need to pay me way more you need to you know i need a title bump i need like all these things so that's why you got to get the kids. That's why you yeah. get the kids to do unskilled labor. Hungry kids. They don't understand yeah. hungry kids and they don't respect themselves or right. know anything. So, or have a backbone, um, really. So, yeah. 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 So, um, oh. but so it taught me, but it, it did, it did teach me a lot about um, the uh, like rich people, rich, the rich people world. Mm, uh, yeah. And what, and what like, some of it uh, on the when you're coming up what some of it is gonna be yeah. like there's a there's a layer of humanity where it's just you're completely at the whims of <laughs> rich and powerful people's um ideas that day that's and crazy. it's not and it's not you're just not like and you can work work you can work and you can make it great and then a rich and powerful person will go into a room and look at it on a screen and go uh, i know i was feeling this a couple hours ago but i'm just not i, I like i get it i get it it's funny but like eh, i'm fine and then, and then they just go on with the rest of their day and you're and just like and, you, and, and, and you just that's just what it is. That's just what it is. And but, but, but what's funny about that is if you for like in terms of that job or in terms of like some other stuff that I've done is that if you hit it once that lasts you <laughs> years and people yeah. with money trust you for years <laughs> after that. That's like, awesome. Like I I'm trying to think what we did like um Paul and I had done this video, I think called Halloween, Halloween party sex. <laughs> and it was just about me in a very intense Batman costume. 
um, and another girl at a Halloween party wanting to have sex in a bathroom and um, and just how hard it was was to get me out of the elaborate <laughs> Batman costume to have yeah. sex. That was pretty much pretty much the game of the sketch. And um but it had gotten a million views. Got a million wow. views at the time, which was like which was like a big deal. And before we found out that Facebook uh, uh lied about its view numbers, but at the time um everybody <laughs> thought that it had gotten a million views. Wow. Um and so that was um that was it. And then, and then we had done a, a video while like, once the Trump stuff started coming up, we had done this video called how to make a Trump, which was sort of a, um, you know, those like tasty videos, like tasty recipe videos, you know, yeah, yeah. And it's all video and it's just like berries in a bowl and they mix it up and it's yeah. yogurt or whatever. Um, <laughs> so we just did that. Only we, sh- only we built a Trump. And so they put me in a, um, we built a we in the studio we built this like kiddie pool and we made it look like a bowl a big bowl and they threw me in and then they threw in like you know a wig money entitlement um you know hot air just stupid ingredient (laughs) but because of the way that it looked you know and they mix it up and it you know it's funny because i'm getting splattered with shit and you know all this stuff mix it up and then we posted it that got like 30 40 million views and it, and it was like one of the biggest like things that HuffPost had done video wise up until wow. that point and so just off that we could fuck up for a couple of months we like you know for the rest of our time there we could <laughs> fuck up over and over and over and over again and it you know but if you just if you satisfy the machine once or twice it just gives you you can do anything you want right after, except you know? they don't like pay you know they're like they don't pay you as much as your four dollars <laughs> but you won't right. lose your job and like right. and and right you know like at that at that job i found out that like like i had come in and interviewed for that job and i and i had gotten an actual respectable salary to do that job and mm-hmm. then when i found out what the like writers at HuffPost were making like the 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 program that they have there like nothing don't know how they survived on the salary don't know how they did it for making the majority of the content of the website yeah no clue um yeah those platforms um, could get away with murder because it's so competitive everyone wants it so they're like great well now that you have it like you know like you get glory and zero dollars but you know you can like brag your friends at whatever you work at that like place that is yeah. wild. Um, question about like, you know, because I do want to get to like your experience with like yes, JFL and, like, sorry, and I was like, no, no, totally fine, totally fine. Yeah, I can well, like I'd love to chat forever. But in terms of yeah. like your I am curious about like you said you're good under pressure. So like you can like think of ideas really quickly that way versus like having, mm-hmm. you know, no time constraint. Do you find yourself like getting inspired in a certain way? Are you someone who's like, do you like slice of life stuff or are you like, oh, like taking this pop? trend and like flipping that on its head do you see yourself like leaning one way or the other a little bit of like everything I guess like at that job or in general that like informed your your comedy like up to this point um yeah I I um I think it shaped my process into which I'm actually now that I have more time I'm trying to um learn a different way to think about Mm. it but because I had such a short time, I, I thought in containers for comedy, which is like, um, you know, even me describing um, 
the Hollywood party sex um, sketch that was just like, okay, you have this amount of time. You know what would be funny is if, you know how you go to a Halloween party and sometimes you want to have sex at the party. <laughs> a lot of the thing, a lot of the sketches were like sex based. Like a lot of the, a lot of the easy, easy views. Like, and I, I would talk to people that worked at above average at the time, like just do a sex comedy video like once a month, something like that to get the views. And then that'll give you the runway to fuck up and like experiment yeah. um, on other things that are about more nuanced things than just sex. But, um, but like for Hollywood part for um, Halloween party sex, it was like, Oh, okay. So um, a container for comedy is like, okay, well just jokes about like how, uh you have a, an elaborate costume and like if say it's a batman costume okay well you'd have to you know you, in you know it would be funny to look at um trying to get the mask off pulling the mask off and uh you know trying to get the big utility utility belt off and you know um then once you get everything off oh i forgot my condom my condom's in the cape outside so you go get the condom but in order to get the condom you have to put the costume back on so you put the costume back on <laughs> you go out you get the condom you come on in you take the costume off um you know yeah um so or um i'm trying to think of another one we did another one like we did a music video after that called too full to fuck and it was just about the so the container is like or the idea is okay um it's post Thanksgiving. You're horny. What are the problems that would come in if you were too full to have sex? You know, and so you just list. You don't. You don't even really write the sketch. You write the bullet points of the jokes that you're going to tell, yeah. and then you build around those jokes that you do. Um, right. A long, a long, long time ago, when I first got onto mod, this um, guy Pat. Do you know Pat O'Brien? I don't, I don't think so. You don't think so? He's an old mod guy who wrote for this team called Fambly. Okay. Which is one of the best sketch um, teams of all time. And he does stuff for Funny or Die now. He does the um, Topless Painter sketches. Okay. Does. Mm -hmm. So he, I remember hearing like third hand that his process was like, when you think about sketches, you, you come up with like the game and then you come up with all the jokes that you want to see in that sketch and then list them in heightening order of funniness to you. And then you build the sketch around that. And then you mm. go and then you touch upon all the jokes and you get in there that, that, that way, instead of like coming up with an idea of a sketch and then writing the first beat and going, how the shit do I, Oh my God. And then banging your head against the wall. So I, so I would do, so I've in terms of to answer your question, like I try to think of it that way. Cause it's easier to like, um, I don't know. It was just it was just easier to think of containers for sketches. Sometimes you sometimes you through that process you do come up with like um played out stuff, but you but your personal take on those played out things is original. Um, well, yeah, I think everything's played. Like there's no new idea or whatever. Yeah. So it's like but your yeah. original take on it. But by containers, you're saying like think of the whole thing from top to bottom in like a prong approach kind of and then like write that out versus being like interior, like just starting like writing yeah. it out. Okay, that's what you mean. It's by like it. it's okay. like thinking of a scenario in which funny things would happen inside. Okay. And then, and then the jokes are the funny things that would happen inside that container. And then um a premise and then, you, and then you and then you hit those things yeah so you're doing yeah. premise. Um, right 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 
yeah um yeah so i so, so i thought about it a lot in that like like even on the andre iguodala thing i th- i'm pretty sure the container was f- what are what are funny things that one thinks when they haven't had enough sleep you know uh and then you you know the jokes will be that you know yeah. and then and then we get andre iguodala to say those lines or something um yeah i hope i'm explaining that um, no yeah that um, makes sense i think yeah container premise like it's all like just like having a funny like idea to like help generate like the specifics or examples mm-hmm. of that idea or whatever which makes total sense versus being like i'm gonna be like a cup and then being like well what's my first be-? you know it's it's mm-hmm. hard to like drive a story from there or whatever a, a, a yeah from that or like uh, or like or like trying to have like the perfect um take on whatever the thing is like right. you know um yeah oh yeah well that yeah whole other podcast for that like perfectionism right. but um yeah very cool okay so 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 we have to talk about <laughs> the next step we'll so, get to it so yeah okay yeah. yeah so what happens after so you leave huffpo you're king of huffpo, <laughs> huffpo for a little bit. millions and, and millions of views on your videos and then what had happened and then um yeah, so felt like I was spinning my tires a, a bit, and I think I I think they just like lost their entire video department. So I so I all but got fired from from HuffPost after a while just because they oh, like God. everybody like Ariana had left HuffPo, um, <laughs> everybody all of my bosses had left HuffPo. There was nobody really nobody wanted to do comedy videos anymore because the business doesn't work and <laughs> yeah it's not funny man. <laughs> um in it so so they let a lot of people go like over and over and over again and i i made it a couple of rounds and then um so then i um wanted to i had been doing um a lot of you know i in in a lot of the huff post sketches i was the star of the sketch and i and although i wanted to be on snl because of Maude, I always sort of saw myself as a writer and I still see myself as a writer, but I was like, there was, I was like, I was like, but I'm starting in these sketches and the sketches are getting views. And I'm like, and so it took a while for me to be like, why don't you just be the guy? Why don't you just try to be the guy, you know? Um, And so I, um, by then I had gotten a manager and um, who was like, do you want to submit for JFL? And so I had, I knew that I had like six months before I had to submit my tape. Mm-hmm. So I started a show called SNL Screen Test with Lauren Michaels. And, <laughs> and I played, and I played Lauren Michaels and my friend Ryan Haney played G.E. Smith. And he was my sidekick. Oh my God, and it's so, so literal. You're just like, well, gotta start a show called this. This is what I want, right? So I'm just, this is what I could, I could try to make like, you know, uh, a different type of show that is just a character show. So, but anyway, but it was pretty yeah. much a character set sh- showcase show, like, um, like characters welcome, but it was for people to just do their JFL sets over and over again. So That's awesome. It a, so it was a monthly show. I hosted as Lauren. I would come out and do, <laughs> Hello, and do good evening. Uh, like a Lauren Michaels cold open as if he, as if Lauren was hosting SNL um, and I talk about things in the news and how I had and how I affect elections in America and different countries and how and my the, my reach of my influence. Um, and then G.E. Smith would do 
you know, a bit in between or whatever. And so I just worked, I really hadn't really, um, I would write, I would write like new characters every month. And then I, I just worked on a JFL set for about five months and didn't really do anything else. I just kind of focused on that. And then um, the show, and then I shot it live. um, And I shot, I think I, shot everybody else's by then everybody was trying to get their jfl sets shot and what yours is just for context just so people know 2017 17 okay great and you had left huff poe in um like a couple months before that okay okay i think i I also left it in 2017 okay okay Um, so this is like happening right one after the other okay yeah um and so worked on my set for five months and then uh, submitted my thing, got in, got an audition. Woohoo! Um, Weehee! And then the um, and then the first showcase did really well. Did so well. I I didn't. I did um, this Eddie Redmayne impression mm-hmm. that um, I didn't know was as good as it was. It it's got so it, good. It got it got received way better than what I thought it was going to be. And then yeah, crushed. Did the second one crushed and then um the second audition just so people know second, you did yeah, yeah the callback right the callback audition was was pretty cool um and then yeah and then i found out like um a couple days before that year's dcm that i that i had gotten it and yes. um and but i couldn't talk about it couldn't right. talk about it if i talked Top about secret. it if i told anyone i would lose it and they would know <laughs> Everybody God. at JFL would know that I told my friends and they'd um, destroy me. Yeah, you'd um, be crushed and JFL would crumble and, ever, you know, yeah. comedy would cease to exist. <laughs> like the pressure. Of- <laughs> I'd never book anything again. Yes, so, yeah, you get out of this town. Yeah. Jeff Singer yeah. would tell Lauren and Lauren would tell the world. And then I, you know. And and Ariana would find out somehow. And Ariana would find out. And not even Ariana could save me from the wrath. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't save you now, funny boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, so then I, um, so then I got it, and then awesome, awesome, so, so cool. So yeah, cool. were you like uh, hyped? Because this is your first time auditioning for. It. I mean, I think that's what's so cool about your story is like this is the first yeah. time you're doing it, and you're just like getting through these rounds. You're crushing each round, and then you got JFL, like that right then and there, which right. I think is so cool, and yeah. That's awesome. Sorry, keep going. But that I yeah, that's really cool. and 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 also I don't, I still don't think that I'm a particularly good performer. I don't <laughs> think insane. that. I think that God, you like, have like, to. I think I oh. don't think that. I think I think I have funny ideas. I think I'm a good writer, and I think when I'm performing, when I'm performing, I don't take. I'm I, in my mind. I'm thinking, wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it be hilarious? Like what? <laughs> like when I when I think about when I audition for TV shows, when I audition, when I even, you know, um, doing those like showcases or when I, when I audition any acting work in my mind, I think, wouldn't it be funny if I was on a TV show? <laughs> I don't think of it like I deserve to be on a TV show. I think of it like it would be, it would be hilarious if I was on a TV show. If when people see me on it, they're going to go, what the hell is that guy doing in the TV that show? But anyways, so I, so, and, and, no, and that's, no, that's like, that's cr- I have to address that because you are yeah. such a good performer and you have s- your emotional commitment to your characters are so it's you're so good. 
you're so good. It is insane to like, maybe there's some imposter syndrome there or whatever. And like, I'm, tr- yeah. I'm just not blowing smoke. Like truly you are such a good performer. Like, I can't believe you think that that's crazy. I think that's yeah. like common. Not it's like, Oh yeah, John, he's a great performer. I think like everyone thinks that. And you're just like, yeah, I don't uh- know. I think that's crazy. I think I, I, I think of myself in comparison to like like I would say I would say that uh I think I think everybody understands that Michael Hartney is is like you know one of the one of the more talented yeah. people one of the more talented <laughs> people of all time. And I think so when I think about good performers, you know, I'll think about that or I'll think about like I don't know. I'll just I'll just be like, well, I'm not that person, well, obviously. You guys are you very know, different, I, though. Yeah. yeah, you guys have a very different vibe, but it's still yeah. both amazing. Anyways, okay. Anyways, so but yeah, I, so I always, especially especially to get it for, um, like my my uh, the second JFL thing, like it was a bunch of heavy hitters. It was like Hartney, David Ebert right um mary houlihan was in there um and drew johnston tim tim dunn all people that i recognize as funnier than me and and better performers than me um and uh, and so i was so so you know i but i I always sort of had that had that mentality throughout the whole thing like and then so i got it and i found out who else got it and it was like me yoni matt rogers anna fabrega uh, Avery Momsen, Heidi Gardner, yeah, um, heard of her, and um, and a few other people, and um, and yeah, so I was so uh, all people that I recognize are funnier and take performing more seriously than I do, and <laughs> and they're better than me. But um, but so then you go and you do two shows at JFL. You do like one in Montreal in montreal you fly to to montreal and you do two shows and one is in a giant carnegie hall sized theater that seats like six to seven hundred people no big deal and they get jfl gives you a big tour of the place and they (laughs) they tell you they they bring you out on stage a day before your show (gasps) and they go and so you can see it and you so you can go oh my god that's so many people um in this theater and then they go so it's going to fit 700 people. Two thirds of those people are going to be industry. Oh. One third is just going to be French people off the street that don't know any of your references that are just came in to see a comedy show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah. so you go, okay. And then the second show that you do is in a smaller UCB Chelsea sized theater mm-hmm. um, that is more intimate. Mm-hmm. And um, that also for be- industry. Oh, uh, also for industry but they don't come to the show right um it's the industry that maybe is interested in you as a performer or the industry you know someone's assistant that needs to go to every show yeah uh, goes to that second show um but pretty much everybody just comes to the big carnegie hall size show and then <laughs> makes their decision as to whether or not you are funny or not oh um, my god <laughs> and, the, and then, your future is in their hands it's like uh it's like so Uh, like it's like these two it's crazy like yeah it's so like in real time they're like judging you to figure out the rest of your life which i think is um and so i auditioned i auditioned my my original set was 
um, for my second JFL audition was Jason Voorhees shitting on modern kids and how lame they are. <laughs> uh, and then it was a high school bull is Papa John's son, high school bully in a wheelchair. And then Eddie Redmayne and um, Yoni had told me like, you can't do Jason Voorhees at JFL. Cause it's, I, I wear a Jason mask and right. he's like, He's like, they have, they need to see your face. They need to see your face the entire time. It can't, you can't put a mask on. And I, and I was like, uh, and I was like, you're right. So then I got, I learned a, off the success of Eddie Redmayne, I had learned a Thomas Middleditch impression, um, which I had gotten down pretty well. And I sent that to JFL and was like, I want to switch this out for the set. Um, should I do it? And my person that I was talking to at JFL was like, yes, this is great. You got to do it. And so I was oh, like, okay, great. Um, and so I, but I, I, I had practiced it, but I didn't know it was good. So before I had gone to Montreal, I did one, I did it for BYOT nice. uh, at the beast and it played fine. Didn't, <laughs> didn't, didn't <laughs> oh, crush. People were like, uh -huh, yeah, that's, yeah, that sounds like Thomas Middleditch, but it's not particularly funny and we don't know what <laughs> it is. Um, and like, laugh people, this has to be my best crap. Everything relies on the BYOT crowd laughing at my Thomas Middleditch impression. Right. So I did it there. And then the second time I did it was at the JFL oh show God. at the at the Carnegie Hall show. Oh, um, that is why I was like, I was like, and I put it first because I was like, I'm just going to get this out of the way. If it bombs, I, I can Smart. get them back with the other things. If it goes great, then I'll have energy going into my other things um but the show but the show itself like i don't know how many other people you have on your pod that talks about jfl but the the tech the tech like misses were all over the place like uh. like people's shit wasn't playing and um like i of two people like there we had we needed to have head mics like britney spears uh-huh and um and like two performers mics turned off mid set and needed to get switched out. And oh, so they had, like, and you know, you come back on, you get the pity applause and you try to get the energy back into your set, you know, but it's just so hard when it's like, everything's relying on this, this like, set, you on would this think, set. Like you would think at this point with a theater of that size and caliber that they would have, their tech shit together and part of me is like are they doing yeah. it on purpose like it has yeah. to be intentional like yeah i just can't believe it i can't so so insane yeah so but i did um but i went seventh in the oh, lineup i think great. yeah i went seventh so by the time i had gone you know two mics had already turned off they had maybe gotten their shit together by the time i had done it and also that show it's, uh, you know, the character show happens a lot, but the crowd up until like, I'd say the third person that went didn't really know what show they were looking at. I guess they thought that they were coming to see a stand-up show, but it <laughs> like, it took a while for them to understand that they were watching a character show. And it really <laughs> took the genius of Matt Gehring. It took, it, it took, Matt Gehring saved might have saved my career <laughs> and, and everybody's career that went after him because yeah. he went he went third and he had um made a um actual like 
almost like a one act play in his wow. set. Everybody, wow. everybody was just doing like lights up, lights down characters, just like four <laughs> characters. Yeah. Mac Daring had wrapped all of his characters into um, like Ira Glass. His impression of Ira Glass was hosting his set and like taking you in and out of his characters, you know? That's through, awesome. And like playing the serial music on piano, like in between. Yes, things. he has and a video was, doing that too. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And it was so good and such a theatrical uh, success, achievement, <laughs> I'll say achievement, um, that it got the it got the entire theater into watching theater. And then everybody else after him was like vibing off that good good energy and so Wild. by the time by the time it had gotten to me like you know uh, people were like ready to see somebody kind of just be loose with it and have fun with it i feel so bad because like um you know the people before him it was just sort of like a weird energy in the room you know yeah so anyway so do that show that ended up going really well um the thomas middle ditches reps were in the audience too when while i was doing uh thomas middleditch so 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 it created sort of a vibe of like oh my god and people were like looking at the man at his managers and then looking at me and so um and so that was very fun and then um that's awesome and then redmain did did really well um and then yeah and then so the next day and then you go out to the parties um and you have to put up with uh guys like guys at parties that you don't know if they have power or not but they're telling you to like do the impressions that you did in front of them right now and so sometimes sometimes you have to do the impressions at the parties seriously Um, but it's yeah it's whatever that's fine um you have them down you have them down it's just like you kind of got (laughs) to jump you know and be a monkey sometimes yeah yeah, but um (laughs) the podcast yeah and then and then the next day um manager called snl said hey they want you to come back to new york and do the snl showcase oh my great i was like great great. john but again but again it was like don't talk about it because you don't know who else did jfl that didn't get the call you know so um jesus christ you got to keep that in and then the rest of the next day the next day and were you at montreal still yeah yeah oh my god i was walking around montreal trying to clear my head (laughs) Yeah, are you for it? Like, what are you feeling? Like, you just got like you're on a high from like performing. You're like, now you know that SNL is interested. Like, are you like tweaking or like what's going on? I'm tweak. I get. I think at the. T- I don't. I'm not really like this now. Now I don't really expect anything ever to happen. <laughs> but Stop. but I oh. at, at the time at the time in my mind I was like you know I've been working on this set for almost a year now. This one set. I know it's good. It destroys all the time. <laughs> I don't, I don't get surprised. I, I, you know, I put time in the set for laughs because, you know, and I've trained myself to like, by then the words no longer mean anything really to me. Yeah. Um, they're just kind of noises that I make at certain points. And then I allow the laughter to happen. So, so by the, by the time the call came, I was like, yeah, the call should have came. I, it's, <laughs> yeah. I've been doing this. I've been, you know, it, it would, yeah. I'm like, yep, that was, that's, that's what happened. And I kept telling myself at the time, like, I would repeat over and over again, just, just make it to the next step. Just make yeah. it to the next thing. Don't think about like, you know, being, uh, you know, a legend or whatever. Just like, 
just get the showcase. Yeah. If you can get the showcase, then you're good. Just stay in the game, you know? Yeah. And so when I got it, I was like, uh-huh, yep, uh-huh, good, yes. And then um, and then I had to do the second show, so I did that. And then came back to New York and um, did the showcase at Chelsea, uh, UCB Chelsea. and The SNL that, showcase. The SNL showcase. Yeah. And Very that perfect. was that was so funny because some of us, like I think, I think Matt Rogers. I don't know. There was like a couple of people there, like from JFL that was doing it. But a lot of the other ones, and like there were some other um, bigger New York City comedians that were getting tested out. But then some of the people there were just like indie actors who happened to have good agents and managers that were like hey do you want to maybe audition for saturday night live this year and they went yeah sure and then they go okay well there's a showcase um on thursday so have like have like six minutes of characters something like that and so they're going in these indie actors who aren't particularly funny they're just good actors like are going in cold (laughs) to do funny characters in front of like big industry people. Like it's, it's, it's not just the SNL people, like other big industry people come to those showcases cause they're big time showcases and, they're, and they fucking eat it in front of all these important people. And I'm like, why would you put them in front? Of, why would you do that to your client? Why would you a, but, but also, like, I love how the client was also like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll audition. <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, sure. meanwhile, you're like practicing your set for like a full year, like not sleeping. I'm, you know, I'm assuming or it's grueling. Like the process yeah. you put yourself through to be like, I, per- I need to perfect this or whatever. And this yeah. person just like woke up that Thursday morning. And was like, yeah, sure. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah, I'll get it. I'll, I'll wear a backwards hat and I'll. um. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, be, and I'll be like a problematic guy for about, yeah, for about yeah. four minutes. Yeah, I'll, I'll cause. Yeah, yeah. I'll get canceled in three minutes. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah, I'll go <laughs> cancel myself. <laughs> I'll go cancel myself, myself on stage. How's that? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the entire the the entire process was for me was a bit like the entire SNL thing was just a process in being being prepared for the thing, being prepared for the opportunity. That's that's yes. that's all. You- I thought that's that's all all you can really do yeah so i do the thing um i got a good placement because they like you know if you go if you go later in the snl showcase the crowd just runs out of energy they don't give a shit about anything and mm. you can't really so if you don't if you don't go in like the top like six or something like that when the energy's hot like it's you know it's just it nobody wants to see it anymore um but you know because of i guess agents and managers needing favors and calling in favors like they just pack those showcases full of people but yeah so i got that and then the day after that showcase got the call that i was going to screen test and that was a big that was like a big deal that was finally i was um hit with the moment i don't think i really like uh i was very entitled up, up until that point i think and then once i had gotten that i was like yes i'm doing it and you know the my life since i was 14 flashed before my eyes God. and it was like this this is what everything's been leading up to like yeah um and, and 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 also i had just been i would hear like um i remember i would i would get like little tidbits of information from other people that they were looking at mm. and um and i would hear that like you know, um, SNL told this person that they might put them on. Um, they told them to like, they had like a lot of notes for their 
um, for their set that mm -hmm. they would do for their screen test. But I never got any notes. Um, wow. The only note, the only note that I got was this like um, some manager, some like agent at CAA had told my manager to tell me that like, you know, if I had just more things to put in, <laughs> like to put it in or something like that. And then someone told me that my competition, that I was competing against Mikey Day, that I wasn't actually competing against the, the other people auditioning for the show, that it, that Mike, that I should think of it as my competition is Mikey Day. Oh, um, God. And, so and you're I'm like, like, I, yeah, I plotted to kill Mikey Day. A guy that they trust and who has been on the show for a couple of seasons. Yeah, that's, that's great. Cool, cool, cool. Um, cool, great. They'll yeah. fire him and take a chance on me, someone that they don't know. Um, I mean, and, you know, it could be Ariana style. It's like, yes, you. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you. You must have it. Um, yeah. So, so the, um, yeah, and then they set a time. They, they, they give you a time to come in, and there's two um, windows. There's like, there's the morning chunk and the uh, afternoon chunk. And wow. so I was the last person of the morning chunk. Wow. And to audition for SNL at freaking 30 Rock, which is what you're talking rock. about right yeah. now. Cause you, you yeah. did the SNL showcase and then you got called into screen test. The screen test for it. Yeah. Hell so, yeah. And um, how long is the process from when you, from when you audition to, if you remember to when you were screen testing, like how long did you have to wait? Between the, between the showcase and the screen test. Yeah. Or, um, that's like, God, I don't know. I think that's like a couple weeks, maybe like one and a half, two weeks, something like that. I think. And are you sleeping? Like, what are you doing? Are you no. like cold sweats? No, cold sweats, right? Yeah, cold yeah. Sweats, okay. Can't sleep. Yeah, correct. Up, waking up in the middle of the night, waking up drenched. Yeah. Waking up drenched. Yeah. Drenched. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. And Just also, sure. and also, like, <laughs> like you know, I, my girlfriend. It's so funny. My, um, I would have, you know, we would, we would, my girlfriend's is just an absolute angel she puts up she puts up with so much because yeah. during during that time like she'd be like well do you want maybe like go out to eat and i'm like yeah sure yeah sure and then we go out to eat and she'd want to like have a nice time and get dinner and i'd be so in my head like uh-huh uh-huh and i <laughs> and she'd be you know she'd be saying something and i'd just be like uh-huh yeah that's hilarious yeah that's great um and just like not there not there and, and then, so it would, it would either be that or like, or I would initiate conversations like, you know, babe, if I get this, <laughs> God. are you like, are you ready for it? Are you ready? Are you ready to be somebody that dates somebody on SNL? God, you know, like, God because, bless because, her. Because, because I'm like, at the time I was like, if I get this and I'm like a big hit on the show, like you're going to be in tabloids, you're going to be, you're going to you're gonna be in gossip things like so like people, people are gonna take photos of you like are you ready for that you know um and yeah, she's like she, yeah she, the, i think at the time yeah. she you know um i know that that's like maybe a conceited thing to think like mm -hmm. to assume that i was gonna get it but i but i think it's more real than not having any of those things and being like I just know in my soul, I'm going to be a big deal. Are you ready for that? You know? I mean, totally. Uh, yeah. It's not like you're an accountant being like, when I get on SNL, are you going right. to freak? Like you're like auditioning for the show. You're like one right. step away. You know, it's like, it's, so, that's real. Is she just so, just so people know, do you, or is she also in entertainment? Not, not so people know, but I'm saying like, she's not. Okay. Okay. No, she's so, out. 
Okay. So um, there's a lot of like, and, yeah. Okay. So in, in her mind, I think at the time, maybe she was actually like considering like, am I, do I want my photo taken a bunch of times? Like, am I, yeah, you know? that's fair. Um, and so anyway, so we, so it was two weeks of that, of just like absolute hell, especially, yeah. and, you know, and I would have, I would have had less of an ego about it, but it was, it was mainly because I had heard that other people were getting pretty like structural notes about their characters. And I was just getting like from the people at SNL, it was, it was just like, we just, we love your set, do it again. We just want Lauren to see it and he'll love it. And just as much as we love it and that's it. And so wow. I was like, okay, great. And um, which I don't know, maybe now looking back is a bad thing. Maybe notes is a good thing, but it doesn't matter. Who so knows? Who knows? so I, um, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So then I show up um, pretty early. Um, they tell you, they tell you like your, I don't think that they tell you your audition time. I think they just tell you to show up at a certain time. So I showed up at like 10 in the morning or something like that. And right. did you and sleep then, at all the uh, night before or no? No, I mean, I did have, there, it, it was cold sweats, but I did have ultimate confidence in what I was going to do. Great. There was, it, it wasn't really anything like, you know, I had to, it wasn't like, oh, I hope, I say something funny. Like I knew, I knew yeah. I was going to do, do funny things as soon as I walked in there. So I, so, um, so it was like, I don't know. So I did have yeah. a little bit of calmness in that of like, I'm just going to do the same thing that I've always done. They're either going to like it or they're not going to like it. And that's it. Yeah. So, um, but you go in and I had people, people had heard um, that I had gotten the screen test. So I started getting like little messages here and there. And I got, <laughs> I got a, I got a long email from, um, from a friend who had, who had done it. And he, he was like, heard you got, heard you got the screen test. Listen, man, this is what it is. You go in there. The audition starts when you enter the building, people are watching you the entire time. <gasps> they're, they're, they're like feeling your vibe. If you have any tech in your set, like they'll fuck up the tech on purpose to see what you do because they need people who can like, you know, make it happen yeah. no matter what happens you know yeah yeah um and so i was like okay 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 so i felt i felt very equipped to go in and i was very like um i don't know i i i felt like i need i had everything that i needed to know in order to do it and so then um so then i go in and they they take you through hair and makeup and um so you get hair and makeup and I'm like, be nice to the hair and makeup people there. This is, this is the first <laughs> test. Yeah. So I was very nice to them. And <laughs> yeah. As opposed How to my usual way, from? which is. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a total ego. Asshole. And I'm like, get these assholes out of here. John Trowbridge is here. You're fired. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm always like that. And, yeah. um, and, but I was very nice to them and they did me up and made me look nice. And then they put me in the Seth Meyers green room where the guest for Seth Meyers waits and I was in there with a bunch of other people from my chunk and mm. so which was like nobody that I recognized apparently apparently my my year Lauren had also gone to an improv I had done all this work to be in that room Lauren had at the same time gone to Chicago and seen this improv team of like 15 people or something like that from Chicago and was like, these guys are great. Let's screen test them all straight to screen test. Oh my God. And so 
and so all of these Chicago people who were very fun, like you could tell, you could tell by their vibes that they were naturally very funny people that obviously like would eventually go on to be big stars, but they were all like, I was, I was talking to them, a few of them in the waiting room. And like, I was talking to this one girl and I'm like, so what are you going to do? And she's like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to wing it. I'm just going to figure it out. Oh and, then, God. And, then, and then I talked to, um, and then I talked to, um, I met, I met Luke Null in that, in that room who eventually would, who would get it. Um, and you know, he was, he was extremely funny. I, I would say he was one of the top dogs in the room, like just yeah. like confidence wise and vibe wise. Yeah. Um, but, um, but I think he had told me too, that like he, um, half of his set was like rehearsed songs that he, that he knew he was going to do. And the other half was like, he was going to like, kind of let it, let it ride and like figure it out, you know? And I just, I was so like, in my mind, uh, in my mind, I was like half impressed that I'm like, I'll never be, I'm, I'm a, I'm a kind of confident person. I'll never be that confident no. where I feel like I can walk out in front of the panel at SNL and be like, check it out. I'm going to figure it out in the moment. God. Um, um, oh my God. So I, so I was thinking like, these but then at the same time i was also like these fucking idiots i i have my entire thing locked in i'm gonna do it and yeah like they don't know what's coming here yeah yeah um so then they they hand you the contract the snl contract that like you know they take your life for seven years and wow. so you sign it. I looked at the, how much you get paid. You don't actually get paid a lot of money <laughs> for the first couple of years. You don't make a lot of money. Um, Do you remember and, what it was? If you don't mind sharing. Oh God. It was like, I think the first year was like five around five grand a week, something like yeah, that. For, that's for show, wild. For show. That's um, wild. And so then, yeah. So then they give you your order and then they one person comes in goes um all right john um we're 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 ready for you and you go okay great and then they take you they put you in a smaller room right outside um studio 8h if you've ever been if you've ever been to the show um like right outside the big studio 8h doors the big double doors there's like to the right there's like little dressing rooms um and so they stick you in there for another 40 minutes for you to just absolutely get in your head and freak out and then, um yeah and then um yeah and then somebody comes into the tiny room and goes um all right john we're ready we're we're, we're really ready for you ha 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 ha, ha. and then <laughs> <laughs> great Hilarious. and so I, I pick up my little bag of wigs and shit and then you go into the main studio 8h the main place and um and this giant santa claus looking man um, (laughs) greets you in underneath the bleachers and he gives you a big side hug and he goes all right john so we're happy to have you you're gonna do great um i'm gonna bring in a couple seconds i'm going to we're gonna walk out to the studio you're gonna walk onto the platform where the host does the monologue um you're not gonna talk to anybody um and you're going to see the red light. Um, I'm going to bring the camera in front of you. You're going to see the red light. Look into the camera and you're going to do your set. And, oh, and, and, then, and, then, and then you go, okay, sounds good. And then he goes, all right, you ready? And, I, and then you go, yep. 
And then he goes, all right, let's go. You're going to be great. And then he steps forward first and you follow him in. And then, yeah, you go on stage and there's a little table that you put all your little wigs on and then you turn around and there's no, no one talks to you. No one, there's no like, thank you, John, for coming in. Are you ready to do it? Three, two, one. It's literally you turn around, the camera comes in front of you, you see the red light and then you start doing characters in front of in front of in front of the camera that is so Um, cold that's so cold and scary (laughs) and lonely and lonely where where is every where is like lauren and all those people they're on the side or something yeah there's no one i mean directly in front of you is the camera to the camera's left is a long table and I, i guess depending on the year or however many people they have looking at auditions um there'll be more long tables. I think on mine, there was two. Um, And Lauren sits at the front of the table with a monitor next to him. So he, and he doesn't look at you in real life. He looks at the monitor to see how you would look on TV. Oh, did you Um, see him like before you start? You know what I mean? Like, did you catch a glance or were you just like, just do your thing and like, don't even look? I didn't, I didn't even look. I think, I think think somebody had told me like, don't (laughs) address the panel. Don't, Don't, don't even look at him. Don't, don't even, even look. look. Yeah. Don't look God. at him. Don't even like. <laughs> what? Because like, yeah, like any, I don't know why. I, I somebody somebody had said along the lines like, don't don't look at the table. Um, <laughs> yeah, they don't like. I I love how like serious it is for like a comedy sketch show. It's like right. at the end, it's like don't. Yeah, it's so like right. so clinical and like scary. Yeah. Anyway, so, so then, you're there. Yeah. So then you're there and. I had, because I had um, done um, SNL screen test with Lauren Michaels, the stage show to lead up to this, whenever I would do my set at that show, I would come out and say, um, hi, I'm Jen Trowbridge. This is my SNL screen test. And then I do that. And so because of that, I don't know if you're supposed to say your name or like have any sort of preamble before you do your thing. But because I had done that, when the red light turned on, I said, hi, I'm John Trowbridge. This is my SNL screen test. And then I, and then I did my things. I did Thomas Middleditch and, um, and the panel, the room laughed, the room laughed at everything I did. That's it was awesome. it, like, I, I had been, I had been told since I was 14, that it's an ice cold room that, that doesn't laugh at you that yeah. like, maybe they don't laugh on purpose to see what you do, you know, in those moments. Um, but they literally laughed at everything I did. Thomas Middleditch killed because I think Streeter Seidel was in, was on the panel and uh-huh. is like very good friends with Middleditch. Um, and if like a few, like some other like college humor guy was there too, um, with like ne- ne- uh, next to him. And so that they liked that they liked Papa John's son, like did very well. Um, and then wheelchair bully made the camera guy laugh made the santa santa camera guy laugh and that was that actually meant more to me than the panel because i was like i was like the panel i don't know i don't know i don't know if it's like years in years of knowing that the world thinks that you're ice cold you know comedy critics but but there was i do believe that they thought what i did was funny but they're also i felt like there's just nicer people now that yeah. that also like comedy and that laugh at comedy and they're supportive 
yeah of comedy you know i think they're just a touch more supportive than like the people from the past yeah so so i when i when i started getting the laughs i was like oh that's good but i think that they're being nice um when the camera guy laughed i was like camera guy doesn't have to laugh right camera guy just has to hold the camera you right. know um, and he's seen so much of it and like, he's you know, seen so much yeah, he's seen yeah. every really cool. of all time, you know? Yeah. So then that happened. And then Re- Eddie Redmayne did very well. Like it, uh, it did how it always does. And, um, and I also had my friend, Lauren was also a writer's assistant for SNL and was in Lauren's office watching my set from Lauren's screen in his room too. Uh-huh. So immediately after, so then, you know, I did my thing. I go, thank you guys so much. Um, you know, it was an honor. And, um, and it was so funny. Um, immediately after I stopped, I was like, thanks guys. Lauren stands up immediately after and goes, okay, let's take a break. And he, and he, and he, and he walks out and like a bell rings and everybody like relaxes. And I thought in the moment, I thought, wow, I did so good that they have to take a break and go talk about it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I can't believe it. John, you did it. And then I found out that I was just the last person of my section and they were going to take a break anyways. You know, <laughs> that like was lunchtime or whatever. That was just Lauren signifying that this is scheduled break that they had already always planned on he's going to uh, get a deli sandwich from the river yeah, I'm, gonna get, I'm gonna get some popcorn and a sandwich if I could. <laughs> um and so then yeah so i left and i walked out my writer's assistant friend who was watching said that like oh my god like started texting me it was like oh my god you did so good you crushed thanks and then i walked out i saw this producer Lindsay shook us coming out in the hallway she was very she was like you did great did great um and then you just kind of fuck off there's no like you kind of just if if you like chat up somebody in the hallway you can do that but there's really nowhere else for you to go or do other than go back to the elevators and kind of go fuck off and and so you just you know you want somebody to stop you and go John, Lauren wants to talk to you right now, but that right. doesn't really happen. And so I just kind of slowly saunter my way. I take forever to do it, but I right. eventually get to the elevators. And then, yeah, and then you wait two weeks to find out whether or not um, you made it to the next steps. And um, because they had, they my year, they had screen tested 30 people. Um I don't know if that's big or small, but they had screen tested 30 people. And so they had decided to do a second screen test. Okay. The, wow. like a callback screen test. And then I didn't make that callback oh. screen test. But the um, but the producer, Lindsay Shookus, who had apparently been like championing me the whole mm. time, um, said that like, you know, to my managers had been like, we love John you know, some of us wanted John. We love John. Um, wow. You know, John can audition next season if he wants to, but like, You're like you yeah. know, I, but like I, you know, I don't make these calls. I don't have to make these calls, but I'm just saying we, we like, we really like John. That's so that awesome. felt good. Um, and really then, nice. um, and then, so since then I, I'll, I'll always like submit a packet or a tape or something like that. I don't, I don't really, um, you know, expect, expect much at this point. Um, but, 
it's nice. It's nice to have that, you know. Sure. That they have that impression of me going forward, which is that's nice. so I mean, that's yeah. great. Do you do you submit the same tape over and over? Do you do new stuff or just depends? I'll do I'll do I'll do new stuff. New stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And so, yeah, that's what it was. And then um, and then afterwards, there's like buzz of who had auditioned for Saturday Night Live. So off that buzz, you get to audition for other things. And so, um, you know, um, yeah. of like, oh, these are these are the people that are good, you know. So I got to like, you know, I was almost the sidekick for this Josh Groban uh, cop show on Netflix like a while after that. And, and you get to audition for cool stuff after that, which is nice. That's really cool. Um, yeah. Were yeah. you um, just to, just so people know, I mean, like, were you afterward when they said no, but they were like, you were amazing. How are you feeling? Were you like excited to be there? Were you feeling, I mean, like, yeah, what's going through your mind? Absolutely crushed. Absolutely. Uh, crushed. I mean, I mean, I mean, like, I feel like, I feel like only recently have I been able to, uh, not have my entire identity, you know, in question. I feel like, like it's, it's pretty, and it's my fault because when you have one singular goal in life and then you don't get it, you're like, the fuck am I supposed to do with the rest of my life? You know, but, um, but it's, uh, um and so it took a couple of years but now i'm now i'm fine and better, and better, <laughs> better and like there is hope wanting to go on i actually think now it's just my general disposition in life i think is a lot lighter because i do believe that for the rest that the rest of my life is house money and i did you know i mean really in terms of in terms of snl i think you can in terms of like being good enough to be on the show. I think, I think most performers just want to know, we all watch SNL and it's sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's horrible. And when it's horrible, you want to be able to watch the show and know in your soul that if you were on the show, it would be better than what it is like, and that, and that you can do the show and that when you yell at the TV and go, this is bad. And I, you know, and I, you know, if I was there, then you want to know that you're not just some asshole saying that, yeah. you know? And so, and I, and in terms of getting on the show or being as talented, like being talented enough to get on the show, you really only can put yourself in a position where you get the screen test. If you get the screen test, you are good enough to be on the show. It's just about, do they need, do they need a, a white guy who can sing? Do yeah. they need a chubby black guy? Do right. they need a girl that can sing? Do they right. need like, you know, whatever it is. And it, and it really just comes down to like the look the show, what the show needs at the particular yeah. time. I mean, yeah. Jim Carrey didn't get on the show. Kevin Hart <laughs> didn't get on the show. Yeah. Donald Glover didn't get on the show. Jordan Peele didn't get on the show and it was because they didn't need those people at the time. It wasn't like, you know, Jim Carrey's not, Jim Carrey could have done the show, you know? So, right. Yeah. Jim Carrey um, would have been pretty so, good on that show. And he came back um, with Biden. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yes, we didn't, we didn't like that, but, but Jim Carrey <laughs> then went on to be on in living color and one of the greatest, you know, sketch actors of all time. So, yeah, I mean, um, yeah. So it's not like those people weren't good enough to be on the show. So, so I do take solace in that and yeah, um, among good company. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, I'm not saying I'm as good as Jim Carrey, but I do think that like, um, I do think that every comedian worth anything, um, or no, I, I won't say that, but like most, most comedians on their way up to having a career in comedy, every comedian has to audition for Saturday Night Live. Um, it's just a stop that you go on before yeah. you do another thing or you get on the show. Yeah. You know, that's all it is. Yeah. Um, but it takes a couple of years, it takes a couple of years to, to get there. Um, yeah. It takes, it takes a couple of years to get there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but that's, 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 that's the SNL story. That's what yeah. happened. Have you had, have you had other people on the show that have gotten it? Uh, Hartney. He Hartney. talks about his, yeah. His, well, his JFL, his JFL experience, but not SNL. And then, um, I think, Did he get SNL? I don't think he got a screen test, but he uh, talked about, yeah, he talked about doing JFL. You guys did it together, right? The same year. He did it, or, I think, the year after me. Oh, you're after you. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, but I don't think I've had anyone on the show that's actually screen tested and told their whole story. So Yeah. It's, that, like, it's so funny. It's 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 just so funny. It's so yeah. funny how like political it is and how like everything needs to line up, you know. Well, it's, um, ugh, it's just so cool yeah. i mean it's exciting it's just cool to know like that's still such a huge win you know to be able to like yeah. audition and um yeah be considered that's like huge so yeah no it's nice yeah i mean what i hang my ha- what i hang my hat on is that the people because it's not just lauren picking these things it's like lauren and like three other people you know that pick who gets on and i know that when all the things happened they lauren and those people went to a room and they was there was a serious discussion about whether or not to put me on the cast of Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's so funny. I think that's so. I think that's the funniest thing in the world that the people who pick those sort of things sat in a room and they go, "So what do you think about John Trowbridge?" Yeah, that's pretty good. He could do it. He could do it. But I don't know if you know. And yeah, but we have Mikey Day. So we have Mikey Day. Ugh, and do, Mikey's, John Mikey's been doing better a than Mikey Day. <laughs> Is he better than Mikey Day? Yeah, hmm. yeah, and one yeah. person probably went, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. His middle ditch impression was really good. <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> I think it's worth being I on hate that guy. And he nailed him to a wall. <laughs> uh, it was a bit hilarious. But no, I, I uh, yeah, yeah, that's all that's all you can uh, that's all you can do as a as a performer and as a writer. That's is just get yourself in the conversation and then and then rich people will decide whether or not you know you get to have it or not um, jesus christ yeah, yeah man. that's the moral that's of the story it. yeah wow. wow wow john wow can you believe it yeah i mean bless you that's so amazing truly so amazing so yeah. so amazing and you're still doing amazing things and who knows you could still be on the show they obviously love you and want you to keep doing stuff yeah yeah i think about it now like um i got in i tried to get in the jfl route and i think the other route is actually becoming a standalone comedian like having fans and you know like being an already up-and-coming comedian that they you know try out again i i I honestly believe that if i think i I, what am i trying to say i'm trying to say that if i'm trying to build a base now with like you know, socials and like my mm-hmm. stupid Ken videos. Um, but the, um, I do believe that if I amassed 
a fan base and I was an up and coming comedian, SNL would have completely forgotten about my previous screen test. And they would have gone, who's this John Trowbridge guy? Let's, <laughs> let's give him a screen test. We've never <laughs> seen him before. I fully believe that that might, that that could happen. Oh, Some people, people say that you only have like one or two shots. Yeah. I'm like, it's, they don't remember you. They'll, <laughs> they'll, if it's advantageous for them to put you on the show, they'll put you on the show. I think. Sure. Sure. Whatever. I don't know. Um, so that's the plan now. But wow. Wow. But also I think I have a better um, attitude about it now. I'm like, I'm like, John, just try to build a career. Stop like trying to get one particular job. Just like build it, you know, mm. So do other things do other things yeah 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 and and but but not having a chip on your shoulder and still being open to the opportunity you know so it's because you you truly don't know but yeah yeah moving on with your life is important for yes. sure um easier said than done but it sounds like you're doing really well so yeah we'll see very cool very cool well john so, thank you thank you so much for thank you so for much for having me on this is story. great yeah thank you thank you um i think this will inspire a lot of people this is cool yeah, man. I mean, really, it's just if you're if you don't think if you don't think that you're a performer, you too can <laughs> screen test for Saturday Night Live within a year. If you just put in the work, you can figure it out within a year. I did it. I did it from from nothing to <laughs> screen test for Saturday Night Live in a year. So and if I can do it, yes, all of you. can. Do yeah. It. But OK, you had been doing stand up for 10 years before that. Let's not forget. But yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like. I, okay. Yes. Um. You know. Now everyone's gonna be like, "All right." <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But cool. But thank you. Thank you so much, John Trowbridge. Everybody. I mean, wow. What a story. What a story. Loved it. Loved it. Um. You can follow John on all the things on Instagram. J E Trowbridge. Same TikTok name. J E Trowbridge. He's on Twitter at John Trowbridge. So, you know, follow him, watch his stuff. He's so funny, so talented. Thank you all so much for listening. This was How Do You Hustle with Cami Dimitrova. Podcasts come out on everywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Hope you have a truly, truly great day. And just keep, keep doing it. We're all in the same boat and you're going to be great. Bye.